0: That's hbs.me sales.
1: Hey guys, Alex here, ajnashville.com. Thanks again for tuning in. I think this is episode 19, um, but this is also a continuation of the story of my life. So as much of you saw on Facebook, I have a big announcement to make. Uh, it's an announcement that I wasn't sure that I would ever be able to make, to be honest with you. Um, before we dive too deep into that announcement, I want to thank you guys, obviously, for tuning in. I want to thank those of you who have started from day one that continue to support me, continue to tune into the podcast, send me positive messages, uh, and let me know how those things have helped you. I truly appreciate it. You are the reason why I am so transparent, why I discuss the things I do. I figure if I can help at least one person, I've done um, everything I was meant to do. So. Let's kind of dive in. I'm gonna start back, um, kind of pre this day. Obviously, gonna start when I was younger. So, for those of you that don't know, when I was young, I never had the opportunity of remembering me meeting my real father. Um, To my knowledge, the person in my life that was considered my father at the time was my sister's dad. He was a very abusive individual to both me and my mother, both physically and mentally. Uh, It was a situation that my mom eventually decided to get out of and get away from. But little did I know everything that had transpired before that. See, growing up, I was always under the impression that my grandma told my my father that he wasn't allowed to be around me that he wasn't allowed to be a part of my life and therefore pushed him away well there was other things that I recall as a child but it was one of those things where um, some clarity that was given to me some details that were shared with me that I know for a fact are factual details that a person wouldn't have a reason to make these things up and details that have been verified through different pictures and things like that. So, first announcement, most of you know that I made the announcement a long time ago that uh, I had a DNA test come back and I was British. I did not share the fact that a portion of that was also Native American, nor did I share the fact that a portion of that happened to be Native American in the mountainous areas uh, towards New Mexico and California, which indeed would make me part Mexican. So... Um, after my discovery here this past week, I found out that I indeed, am indeed, uh, part Mexican. So now I can eat tacos when I want to, tamales, things like that. I'll still indulge on my British side. The only difference is I'll, I'll continue to brush my teeth and have good hygiene. So that's a joke for you Brits out there. Anyways, so let's get down to the, the meat and potatoes, so to speak. So Friday, well, let me rewind Thursday evening, about 10.30 my time, I get a phone call from a 619 number. Uh, A company called 220 Marketing has been reaching out to me like crazy over the past year or so, and I, I just don't care to buy into their programs. They are based in San Diego, California, so when I saw this 619 area code pop up, I assumed it was maybe their sales rep drunk at the bar and butt dialing me or something like that. So I went to bed, no thoughts of it. I wake up in the morning, go to the office open up my Facebook, there's a message in there. It simply says, is your mom's name Shauna? Shauna was indeed my mom's name, for those of you that don't know. But it's not a name that is extremely common or tossed out there quite often. Um, it's not a message that a person would expect to get. So I looked, and I said, all right, who is this person? You know, is it somebody that wants something from my mom who, who has passed away? It's been a little over two years now. But was it somebody that wanted something? Was it somebody that maybe had some information about what had happened? So, so I dig deeper. I go into her Facebook. It doesn't take me long at all. I scroll through a couple of pictures. And one of the pictures is of her, Yvette, with her father. And she's in a wedding dress. And I look at the picture. And I look at the comments. In the comments, one of the people made the mention of, hey, tell Art I said hi. Art happens to be the name of my real dad, my birth dad. Art is um, a person I have looked for for many, many, many years. Those of you that know me very well know that I've spent time looking, but it's always led to dead ends due to limited information, limited location info, Um, Some of you title people that are here have have had a special request from me um, to do a deed search out in that area to see if I could locate him. So my response was, after a little bit of investigation, it appears to me that you and I may have the same father. Um, Which she responded to and, and said, you know, that's correct. Obviously, there was more that went into it, but basically that's what she stated. Uh, you know, it's one of those things you would think after 33 years of not seeing somebody or, or knowing somebody that there would be feelings of anger and regret and everything else there, but there wasn't, there was feelings of excitement, feelings of, um, wanting to know more, wanting to see where things are, you know, wanting to know about everything and why it happened and, and where things could go. See, because over the years I did have anger. You know, when I was a kid living on the street, which was for a very short amount of time. But I wondered, you know, where the fuck is he at? Why am I living on the streets? And then there was times as I grew older and looked back and said, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to have anything to do with me. Um, it, It was hurtful things. I didn't see the first picture of my dad until I was 19 years old. When I was 19, I happened to be going through some stuff that I shouldn't have been going through. And I came across a picture of a person that looked identical to me. If you could throw on, like, early 80s clothes on me, that is what I looked like. Now, granted, he was a good-looking motherfucker. You wouldn't expect anything less, especially because they looked just like me. But I asked my grandma, who's that? She said, that's your dad. That was a picture when he was 19, she said. Um... Naturally, that made me question a little more, but we never got into the meat and potatoes. We never got into detail. So I'm going to share the details with you guys that are listening today of what happened. And I want you, when you listen to this, I want you to hear the strength of a woman who did what she could to protect her child. Not not a a cowardly person that kept me from somebody. So, and I remember this as a kid. Um, I didn't remember why it happened. I didn't remember what happened. I just remember certain parts of this event. So when I was a child, my grandma, Gloria, took me home to my mom, who was crying at the time, and her eye was busted open. Um, she explained to Gloria that she was no longer allowed to take me to see my dad because my sister's dad at the time, Johnny, was beating her up every time he would take me, or she would take me over to see him. The thing was is is Johnny and my dad were friends or acquaintances at some point, and it sparked jealousy. I know him as being a jealous person. When I say him, I mean Johnny as a jealous person, Um, very controlling, very demanding, very dominant. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom being in the kitchen, I was in the living room watching TV. Now, back in the day, you know, TV was like 13 inches big and had a little pool knob, you know, so you just sat there and watched whatever could tune in with the bunny ears. But we lived in a small apartment in San Diego. Chula Vista, to be exact. And I remember them getting in an argument. I remember Johnny punching my mom in the face and busting her eye open. Um, her bleeding, him leaving, and I remember the police showing up. I remember one of the neighbors had called the police. For some reason, the police left, and later on that night... I was woken up by somebody trying to break in the window, which the police were called again. That person that was trying to break in the window was Johnny. Um, You know, and at the end of the day, looking back, it starts to make sense what happened. Because I remember we left that house in a haste. It wasn't something that, you know, we took several days to move and we're excited to go to our new place. And, you know, put my favorite toys in here and put those things in there. We packed, we moved, we left. Gloria had mentioned that she was told by my mom that she could come by on a following Friday in the afternoon to see me. She was basically going to sneak her in to see me. And Gloria said that when she arrived, the apartment was cleaned out and emptied and that we were in order to be found. So at birth, the last name I was given was Martinez. Obviously, all of those that are listening know that my last name has always been Jimenez, which is my last name, but Martinez was a name that became more um, familiar by me when I got older, when, especially when I first applied for a Tennessee driver's license. And they said, no, your last name's Jimenez Martinez. That's what we're going to have to put on the driver's license. And it, it kind of took me back because, because even in Iowa, the last name was always Jimenez. So I always thought that that was my mom's last name, and that's why I had it. Well, in reality, it was my grandfather's last name. And when he adopted my mom, he was insistent that my last, that my last name matched his. So after this happened and my mom had left, my last name was no longer Martinez. Um, It was changed to Jimenez, which was, like I said, on my birth certificate and everything. It was what my school records always reflected. Um, And so that's what I went by. So when they did try to search and ask questions and everything else, it always led to dead ends. Um, I remember Johnny coming back into the picture at some point. A very short short amount of time after we had left like I said there's a there's a gap in memory I just remember that incident so well because it was such a traumatic incident um, so fast forward we up we lived in Chula Vista we we lived by Memorial Hospital on G Street and some condos and struggled you know made made ends meet for the most part I guess you could say but there was always an abusive relationship there You know, like I said in my past podcast, I was stupid, I was dumb, I was a bitch, I was, you know, whatever. Which is fine. It makes me the person I am today. I'll be a stupid, dumb bitch, but at least I'll be a successful one. Um, but I remember us living there, and there was never any mention about my father, about my grandmother, and I assume that was because of the situation that my mom had been through. She did what she could as a mother to protect her child from being hurt. Which is understandable. Looking back, I don't dislike my mom for what she did. I don't hate her for what she did. If anything, she did what she had to do to survive and to make sure that I survived as well. You know, it's it would be easy to push push the blame and say, well, you know what? You were the reason why I never met him. But that's not the case. So fast forward. We moved. Uh, finally, my mom decided to get away from Johnny, which I mentioned in in prior podcasts. If you listen to the story of my life, volumes one through five, you'll you'll get caught up on a lot of this. Um, Once we moved to Moreno Valley, I remember going to school. My last name was always Jimenez. Martinez was never, ever something that popped up. But what is funny is how the human mind works. As you sit there and you reflect and people bring up Memories and and different things, different thoughts. Um, you know what my last name used to be, things like that. You start to remember key points and key holes in your life that didn't mean anything then, but they mean things now. And I remember moving to Moreno Valley, and my mom tried to register with me for school, and there was an issue, and the issue was my last name didn't match my birth certificate. I remember my mom going back and saying, "Here's all his old birth certificate or his old." School information. That's his name. We don't know why it's wrong. Um, and eventually, after fighting, they got me unrolled as Alex Jimenez. Um, my real first name is Arturo. I can't say it with the rolling R's. I'm not that good. I'm not. I'm not that Mexican yet. But we'll get there. I could probably say it if I tried. If I try to roll the R's and say Arturo, that's sounds kind of elegant. Anyway, so I went by Alex. And that's what I always had known my name to be. That's what everybody, was Alex, 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 Alex. Um, Little did I know, you know, a lot of that was to keep me from being found to some degree. When we hit hard times, after living on the street, my mom got busted for selling drugs. We moved to Iowa. This whole time, the people of my family had been searching in California, in Chula Vista, in San Diego... Uh, Marino Valley area and they'd been searching for me obviously uh, trying to figure out where I had went one of the saddest things is when I was talking to Gloria on the internet the other day and she had mentioned that when I, the last time that everybody had seen me was before Christmas and I had looked at what I think is my dad's dad and said Papa I want a, a motorbike for Christmas and they had gotten me one and they had held on to it for several years afterwards, hoping that someday I would come back. Someday they would see me again. So fast forward to living in Iowa, you know, the, there was a lot of anger. Those of you that knew me, I loved to fight. I loved to get in trouble. I was ignorant. I had a lot of built-up anger. I felt sorry for myself. You know, you name it, and I played it. I played the role. I was a hard-ass. I was a soft-ass. I was a gangster. I wasn't a gangster. You know, it was always something with me. Um, And a lot of that was driven by the anger that I had towards my sister's dad. I grew up as being the man of the house. I was the oldest. The house was mine. I was the man of the house. Come to find out, (laughs) there's a lot of truth to that. So I am the oldest of 20 grandchildren. Makes me feel extremely old. One other thing it reminds me of is that Mexican people don't believe in birth control or pulling out. But we won't get into that. (laughs) Anyways. um, So the call or the the message that I received obviously led to me eventually speaking to my father. I'll tell you, Friday morning was a complete dizzy clusterfuck for me. You know, not only had I had eye surgery the Tuesday prior, went to my follow-up on Wednesday, got the call on Thursday, and then Friday, my phone's ringing, people are wanting to talk to me, and I'm still trying to absorb it. It's, I'm an emotional mess. I almost broke down countless times um, and became extremely irritable because how do you handle something like that? You know, some of you that are probably listening think, well, wouldn't you be mad at them? You know, where was he at? In actuality, I'm not. I mean, I know as children, because that's what they were. He was 16, she was 17 when I was born. As children, they were limited on their options. Facebook didn't exist. There was an abusive stepdad in the picture. Not even a stepdad, just a piece of shit in the picture. You know? And that creates barriers when. My grandma sees my mom being 17 years old and knocked up with a kid and she hasn't even completed high school. Then she goes into this abusive relationship. You know, it it creates issues. There's not a way to necessarily pursue it, especially when you change the last name of your child. Do I fault her? Once again, no. Do I fault him? No. What I'm looking forward to is a fresh slate to meet a person that I feel like was put in my life at a time that I needed somebody to be put in my life. Because let's face it, I'm successful, I do well, but I've always had a feeling of being alone. I've always felt like kind of a a lone wolf. I don't even want to compare myself to a wolf, a sheepdog. Sheepdogs are better than wolves. But just a lone soul. You know, holidays come around, you feel alone. And it's different. You know, I have a stepdad, an amazing stepdad. Um, Ed, who is my stepdad, is just a great person. He's done what he could um, to help raise me. He's always been there for me. He's just a great person overall, and I'll never take that from him. But you still have a feeling like you're the only one out there. Sisters are there, brothers, friends, and everything else. Come to find out, that's the furthest thing from the truth. So I have a sister... She is 30 or 31. She's going to hate me for not knowing how old she was. And three brothers. Um, the two brothers are closer to my age, and then I have a younger brother named Matt that is 11 years old. Um, one brother named Michael that is a Marine Marine recruiter. Most of you know I, I love everything about the military, everything about this country. And so I'm so proud to know that I have a brother out there that's done what he's done to defend this country. My other brother, Andy, this dude is like, he, he's like me, but more. <laughs> when it comes to his business sense and everything else, just off short conversations with him, I mean, the guy knows what the hell he's doing. He is also a Marine veteran. Um, and then my sister, Yvette, she is into property management She's got four children, which means I have four nep- niece- nephews, I guess you would consider them. Andy has kids, Michael has kids, and then you have Matt, 11 years old, baseball player. Um, my dad's big into baseball. If there was anything different about him and I, it would be baseball. I fucking hate baseball. <laughs> I like sports that take two balls to play. But, you know what, that's his thing and I'm okay with that. Um, it's funny because those of you that are listening won't see this, but those of you that, uh, are actually watching this on your computer, or on your iPad, will see pictures of him and I pop up and we are basically twins, uh, you know, talking to my sisters or my sister and my brothers, you know, it, it's funny because they say we're so much alike, you know, it's, it, it was When I talked to Andy earlier today, Andy made a comment that really sunk in with me. And I don't know if he knew that that comment was going to hit me the way it didn't didn't hit me in a bad way. But he said, I remember growing up, I heard about you. You know, I knew you existed. I knew you were there. And let me tell you, the feeling of that is, it's just incredible to know that you were gone, but you were not forgotten. I wasn't a bastard child. I was somebody that was missed. You know, it's, it, I can't even explain how it makes a person feel when they find out that a person they've been looking for has also been looking for them and a the person that they were looking for didn't forget about them or push them under the rug or anything like that. My sister had been looking for me for 10 years. You know, these are the reasons why I'm not angry at him. I have no reason. He's never done anything to me. It's just crazy where life leads you. Thank God that I'm as vocal and active in everything as I am on Facebook because that's how I was found. I'm glad because all it took was minus that motivation and I would have went another 10 years without knowing him. It's just crazy to see... A week ago, it was just me. Little did I know there's this family on the other side of the country that was wondering where I was at. You know, when you think about it, you, hey, did life just go on? Was I missed? Was I just something that got brought up on Christmas? Was I something that got brought up on birthdays? You know, what what, what was it? And when you find out that people have been praying for your return and and praying to get in touch with you and there's so much relief when people get a hold of you, like, that's real shit. You know, that's not something that is just make-believe and people say, you know what, I missed you so much. Because so many people are so quick to say, hey, I missed you. And they don't mean it. But I know there's a genuine feeling here. I know there's genuine care. There's genuine compassion. You know, I know that's... In the back of my dad's head, he's probably pacing back and forth and trying to figure out how he's going to make this trip for me out to San Diego as perfect as this can be. But what he doesn't know is it doesn't have to be perfect. I just have to have the time to sit there and speak with him and meet my other siblings and meet my other family because having this go on in my life makes me feel whole. I have an energized feeling that I haven't felt in years. I, I can honestly say I haven't felt this energized feeling since before I lost my mom. What that means for some of you is it's time to watch the fuck out because the freight train's coming back down the tracks. You know, I've always been focused on success, but now I have to focus even harder because now I have these other brothers and sisters to compete with um being successful, but not compete because we're all cream. We rise to the top together, and that's something that we've talked about. And it's crazy to me the first couple times when I'm like, uh, who's that on the phone? It's my, uh, what do you say? It's your fucking dad. That's what you say. You know why? Because it is. If I chose to be a negative person and, and dislike him for the missing of my past, I would just be a, a bad person for doing so. What I'm embracing is the future. I have the next 30, 40, 50 years, however long I have, in order to build a relationship with this man that I wish I would have built a relationship with 33 years ago. I have siblings now. My brother Andy's gonna get married in October. If I don't get a fucking invite to that wedding, I'm be so pissed. <laughs> You know, But all these people welcome me in, and it's just crazy, but it's invigorating, it's energizing, it's something that you look at and you say, you know what, there's a plan. God has a plan for everybody. Whether you're religious or not, that's on you, but the fact that this all transpired the way it did when I was at my lowest feeling, my loneliness, this pops up. Because most of you see the surface, the surface is great. Just like when you see a duck swimming across the pond, you see everything smooth. There's a slight ripple as they're gliding across the pond, seemingly weightless. But underneath that surface, those feet are moving fast, treading water, pushing things aside to try to get to the location that they're going. But on the surface, it always looks great. And that's one thing I've mastered, making everything look great on the surface. Not letting people know about the... Anger, the heartache, the hurt, the pain, the everything I have that's inside. The little feet that are flapping as quick as they can in order to get to where they're going. That has always torn me up inside. I'm not a very open person. I don't share things like that. I told a few select people about this. And the main reason why is I was still trying to digest everything going on. But I can tell you this. If there's somebody out there that you're looking for, keep looking. If there's somebody out there that you want to see, unless you're a fucking weirdo stalker, keep searching. 33 years has went by since I got to look eye to eye with this man. I don't even fucking remember it. But you better believe I'm going to embrace it. And you better believe that in the weeks to come when I get to go out there and see him and see the rest of my family, that it's going to be like it's never had that 33-year gap. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. This has been one of those sharing moments. I'm sure some of you are listening to this saying, damn, that was the news he had to share? Fuck off. (laughs) No, it's just mind-blowing to me. It's mind blowing the way things work. So also, those of you listening, please look for my video that I posted earlier today. The event coming up called Weenies with Warriors. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna get veterans together with local business owners, with local people, and we're just gonna have a good time. I'm gonna bust out the Traeger Grill. We're gonna have some hot dogs or some weenies. We're gonna do some giveaways. If you're a business owner, you're listening to this and you want to get involved. You want to maybe donate something that we can give away to one of the veterans. Maybe you want to provide a service to a veteran or maybe you want to employ a veteran. Please feel free to reach out to me. This is a personal event. This isn't a business event. This isn't something that we're doing to make money or to make veterans buy shit or anything like that. This is something we're doing to tell these people thank you. And to get these people together with other people in the community. Because one thing I've always heard from veterans is they always feel like nobody gets them. They're in a corner. They're swept away by society, which is true. Think about your brother or your sister that took off. Not literally your brother or sister, but the person that you used to kick it with hard back in the day. They go overseas for 15 months. They come back, and they're no longer anybody. Because in the meantime, while their life stopped, yours kept going. So it's time to bring these people together and let them know that they're the most important part of our society. They're the nervous system and the backbone that keeps us together, that keeps us free. So if you want to get involved with Weenies with Warriors, please reach out to me. Send me an email at at ajnashville.com. If you know of a veteran, please invite them to this event. If you know of a person that just understands those people and just wants to hang out, maybe they love weenies and they just want to put one in their mouth while they're hanging out with a veteran. Bring them out. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Hope everyone's had a great Monday. We'll talk to you Friday.
0: Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future.